Hi, my name is Patrick de Belen, and I feel annoyed, um, curious, suspicious um, about imposter syndrome. And it's just these voices in my head that tell me I am better off giving up or giving in instead of letting people down. And now these voices pull me in and make me stay in bed instead of getting up and convincing me that the morning's not my friend. And I know that I'm not the only one who's got these voices that they try to hide away. Uh, welcome everybody, all my imposters, my imposterinos. I'm eventually going to find a name that fits one of these weeks. Uh, this is episode number five. Can you believe it? Number five, we're already here. I don't know where we were going, but we're on episode five. I can't believe that it's actually already at that point. Uh, and we have tons more great guests coming up this week, however. I am really excited about this week. I know I have said that every week, but I am excited about this week. This week, we've got motivational speaker, Canadian poet, Patrick DeBelen. I'm so pumped to have him on this show today. Uh, just the aura of motivation that radiates off of this person is, it's inspiring. He was one of my students for a while, and even though he was one of my students, I felt inspired off of just talking to him. Uh, he's such a fantastic person. He's got lots of great things coming up, a couple documentaries he's going to be talking about. So that's on today's episode. Uh, and we're going to talk about some very interesting uh, uh, topics involving imposter syndrome with uh, society and uh, uh, the BIPOC community, which is uh, was a very interesting conversation, uh, uh, very informative and uh, uh, just wonderful to talk to him. Just wonderful. Uh, as for episode number five, how do I feel about imposter syndrome? I, I'm documenting that from week to week to try to figure out as I move this light back so it's not in the, there we go. Uh, as I as I document how I feel about imposter syndrome from week to week, um, it's interesting because today I felt like I, I felt excited to talk to everybody on the show thus far, but I think today's the first day that I actually feel kind of excited to start putting these out. I don't know what response it's going to get, or even if it's going to get one at all whatsoever. And I don't really care. Just the concept that I had an idea I've wanted to do. And I, you know, I've had this idea for this podcast for a few years now and had talked about it a tiny bit, just had never followed, followed through on it. But I'm actually excited that this was an idea that I had that has now come to light. It's been made into reality and it's going to be put out there into the world. How it'll be perceived? I don't know. But I'm excited that it's going to be uh, it's going to be out there. And that's the first time I felt that in a while, to be honest. Um I have been nervous to to put things out there. I've been putting videos up on TikTok and Instagram about uh, um, uh, voice 
uh, techniques and, and control and other things like that. And every time I go to put a video out, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm real nervous about it. I'm real nervous of how everyone's going to perceive it and if it's going to be helpful for people or if I'm going to get attacked by the internet. Um, but this is the first time in a while that I have something I'm creating that I'm putting out there into the world and I'm excited for it. Which I, I would assume that means that I'm, I'm processing the emotions of imposter syndrome as you should. But most importantly, I'm moving forward with it. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever move past uh, the anxiety that I feel at times with this, but I'm definitely moving forward with it. And I think that's the important thing. It's not necessarily that you're going to move past it, but you're going to move forward with it. And as long as you can move forward, whether it's there or not, you're still moving forward. Um, now I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for the, the prospect of what will happen with this podcast in, in, in the coming future. And hopefully I can keep it going and hopefully I can get some very interesting guests. There's lots of solid bigger guests that I'd love to have on this show that uh, uh, I'm not sure if they will. I have no idea, but uh, I've got a few connections and uh, um, some people I can talk to that can try to help make that become a little bit more of a reality. And hopefully it does. Um, Cause I think it would be a very interesting conversation for me anyways, to talk to somebody that I really admire and I look up to as you know, as a mentor, as a fan, as I look to them, uh, and talk to them about how they experience these, these feelings and sensations and what they do with it. Because sometimes we can have the tendency to look at artists that we really love, comedians, musicians, whatever. And we can think they've totally got it together. They're confident. They are, uh, um, they just dazzle. They just have it. They don't doubt a single thing. And then you find out when they get off stage, they, you know, they run off and scurry on their own and they just fill the self-doubt all the time and whatever else, maybe not all the time, but it's something that it's something that all of us deal with. And it'll be interesting to hear them talk about that and see their side of the story. Uh, you know, will that necessarily make me feel any better about my imposter syndrome? Will it make me feel like, oh, I'm not the only one, so it's all better now? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> and, but I'm not looking to resolve my feelings of imposter syndrome. I'm just looking to uh, acknowledge them and I'm looking to process them and surrounding myself with like-minded people that uh, have like-minded issues as well. Uh, I think that's, that's one way to go about it. We are exposing light on this topic. And I think that's one of the most important things to do is, is giving light and giving voice to this topic. Cause the more we think that we're struggling with it ourselves, the worse we can feel about it. But anyways, I shouldn't delay any further. Got to get this episode started today. My guest, so excited. Please welcome Patrick Dibelin. Thank you much for coming on. And there oh, he is. And there he is. What's going on? What's happening, man? How you doing? 
I'm all right, um, you know, day by day, but I'm I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good, man. I'm okay. Uh, okay, you you've got good lighting right now. I have a I have a ring light, but I didn't turn it on, so I'm not sure if you're going for like high production value. I could set that up if you want, but um, it's it is completely up to you what you feel comfortable with. Nothing it, like there's no expectation in this. It's more just uh, just hanging out and having a conversation. If you want to make yourself look look a little bit more high def, you're more than welcome to. I don't mind waiting. I, okay, I think I I think I'm okay if you're okay. This is good. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man, things are things are uh, things are okay. Just uh, uh, keeping busy, starting this thing. <laughs> yes, this podcast yes, up. yeah. Um, That's really great. Glad you're doing that. Yeah, the the whole thing is like marketing's been a real pain in the ass, and trying to figure out how to market the school. I still haven't quite figured out that uh, that whole thing, but uh, you know, and I guess we're we're already getting into it. Uh, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because, as you know, a few years ago, we lost our twins mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, as you're very familiar with trauma has a pretty solid set of deep roots into, uh, imposter syndrome and into, uh, kind of stagnating progress and, and, mm -hmm. and halting it entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do with this was to kind of. I have found in my life, I have to present evidence to that side of my brain to be like, I know what you think, I know what you're thinking, but that's not true. And look, here it is. So I thought if I surround myself with like minded people that, you know, also have similar things, uh, who I who I, you know, thoroughly enjoy talking to who I respect, mm -hmm. and I think uh, that lots of great things they do. Um, mm -hmm that helps me kind of see the evidence of like, I'm not, I'm not suffering in this alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing that and using platforms and storytelling and art to, to combat that feeling because I mean, that's exactly what I do too. So in, in my, in my own way. So I think, um, um, yeah, I think that that's really great that you're doing that. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that too. Like, I think like, like one of the docs I'm working on right now is like, I went to the, a park for a few days where Jordan's memorial bench is in. Mm -hmm. And um, I like, I carried around a sign that said, tell me a story about someone you miss and got to sit down with strangers and friends, talk about grief in a park. And I think that project, I think along with almost every other project I'm doing, is like is has been this like attempt at helping you know like having a conversation with my own inner voice and kind of reaching out to other people who i felt deal with this in different ways and and learning from them and like just getting that wave of encouragement and that like i am not alone in this and that's been huge for my coping like like just enormous in terms of what i've needed to navigate these feelings so I really, I very much relate. And 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 it's tough to even do this, right? It's like tough yeah. to even like set this up and organize it all. But um, it's totally, it was totally necessary for me. So I'm glad that you're doing it as well Thanks, in, man. in your did own you, way because it's super necessary. Did you have a moment? Because I, I, saw, I saw a clip of that on Instagram. Did you have a moment yeah. when you thought to yourself like, I'm going to go do this and, and you're drawing on the sign. Was there a moment where you're like, no one's going to talk to me. Like who, who is going to open up and who's going to be vulnerable about this in a park just on a random Wednesday or something like did yeah. you have that moment. 
Absolutely. I have that moment all the time. I mean, like I have, I am incredibly self-critical and I have like a very intense general anxiety for just like life, but also when it comes specifically to my work, like, um, and I, I also do think that, you know, the longer I have been working in, as an artist, I feel like a lot of the time, many moments, the more intense that feeling gets, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, I've been doing this for so long, you know, and it almost like raises the stakes and it makes mm-hmm. it even more kind of um, scary to fail or to because, you know, you're expected to keep this love, the standard that you set for yourself over like this long course of being like an artist and then you're kind of like well i've been doing this for so long this is what if this sucks um that's gonna like be really shitty and i feel like when even when you first start you're a little bit more like gung-ho kind of like let's throw it all at the wall if it doesn't work it doesn't work but i'm I'm like in this for over a decade now so like if and and you know so there are there are stakes that my head creates more often than what are what is like realistic and what it actually is. But so, um, yeah. So to, to answer your question, yeah, I, I do, I do yeah. feel that way often. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's that funny thing where as, as you progress more in your art, there's almost like a, a sense of, uh, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for when, when you're really new at something and you have no idea anything about it yeah Uh, no just that aspect of like when you're getting into things you you'll try anything because you don't know what's going to work what's not going to work and you have no idea how anything's going to go and you do as Mm -hmm. you get further on into your career there becomes this moment where where i feel for myself i have to prove myself you know Mm -hmm. everyone that sees that i'm going to do something has seen that i've done it for so long that the next thing i do better be good yeah better yeah and no one puts that pressure on me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just it's just the upstairs. Yeah, no, and I I think like when I get to that moment, I, I really try to like also remember like why I do art. You know, like I really try to go back to that younger Patrick, and I'm like, and I I have conversations with my younger self all the time. I feel like every single piece I write and create is a conversation with an older version of me, and. I have, so I, I talk to him a lot and, you know, I, I ask him all the time, like, why did you, why did you do this? You know, like you could have been, you could have been like, you know, like you could have done, like did a corporate job, like a nine to five, just like make your boss some money. Um, and, you know, he usually reminds me that like, I, I didn't do it for this level of like recognition or even measurable goals. I pursued art and storytelling because it made me feel good and it was my passion and it was a way of like navigating my own and then also providing a platform for others to do that too and then when I remember like the original goal it kind of reminds me that like you know failure wasn't really like I wasn't scared of it because I as a younger artist like I knew it was part of the process and uh, the act of doing this was good for me regardless of the outcome and so um i think it's good to remind myself that often because you know even as a professional artist like yeah sure your rent and your bills or whatever depend on on doing this but at the same time it it's it's what you love to do and i think if you're spending so much time like 
in this, this place of worry and anxiety and fear that you're not necessarily enjoying it at that moment. <laughs> and not to say that everything you do has to only be fun. I mean, everything sure. you do is going to have a level of, but I think trying to get back to that in, in everything I do is trying to get back to that environment and that like mental place of like, I enjoy this. This is bring and bringing me fulfillment yeah. um, this process and kind of like holding on to that, you know? Um, Conan O'Brien has, has said that uh, when he's doing his thing, he's, he's up on stage and he's talking to people or he's on the show or whatever else, when it's going well, there's not another thing in the world he'd rather be doing. And when it goes terrible, he'd rather be doing anything else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And I think those and that those like extremes are like, I think that's part of why we do it. You know, it's this like level of like, it's, you know, that's why it's exciting because it's scary. And, um, and those feelings are very similar. You know, I think yeah. that, that, that the fear and anxiety and the excitement and curiosity, like those things are very much like you can hold them both at the same time. So um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's why. So, I guess when going through the worst parts of it, like imposter syndrome or like just the feeling of doubt and, and yeah. fear, um, just like, you know, reminding myself that that's part of the process and, and doing a few things to like deal with that feeling. You know, I yeah. feel like there's an action plan I have developed over the course of my career that I, like legitimately attack those feelings when I get them so that I can continue on. Cause if you don't have a process, you can be like in a place of, like stagnancy yeah. and anxiety for like so long, like so <laughs> long that could last for so long. So if you're trying to um, wait for it yeah. to pass, it doesn't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no. And like my therapist tells me that all the time, like, yeah. um, like a feelings you feel like let, let, you know, when people say that all the time, like, you know, like let that feeling pass through you. Like there's truth in that in a sense that you shouldn't judge the feeling. Mm -hmm. You should definitely let it sit inside, analyze it, poke at it, feel it. But there are feelings you get that you must usher out. There is a level of like, like you have to do something. Like you can't just let it pass through you. There are feelings you get that you need to usher out of you, whether it is anxiety and depression or whatever I talk to my therapist about, yes. or like in or imposter syndrome, like in general, like you need to you need to usher it out. You need to do these steps to like get that out of you so that you yeah. can leave room for, you know, the the good stuff. One of my students that, that I, I have talked to tons about this, mm -hmm. um, they talk about the fact that it's like uh, people in their lives tell them that they should, uh, uh, they, they have to move forward. You just have to, you just have to go and do stuff now, go do stuff, get out there, just start, just live. And I think there is an important, an important aspect of allowing yourself that space, feel the feeling, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. the other concept to your point is have a process because if you just dunk yourself into the ocean, it's you're, you're not going to do well, you're going to drown. So it's taking mm -hmm. those small steps, doing small, tiny little things and working your way up, mm -hmm. um, which is again, another one of these, like this, this was, this was the least difficult thing for me to do in that next step. Uh, is just talk to people and have conversations about these kind of things and, and whatnot. And uh, uh, and from that, what I've noticed, like this is the fourth episode I've done at this point or fifth episode I've done. And I'm noticing that my imposter syndrome voice changed. Not the narrative hasn't changed. It's still the same, but what it focuses mm -hmm. on is different. So before mm -hmm. it would tell me like, I would think in my, to myself, 
who would want to be on this? What, what benefit do they get from it? Who's going to want to be on this? No one's going to want to be on it. And then when people started saying yes, it went, okay, okay, but hang on. Who's going to want to listen to it? No one's going to want to And I noticed that it tries to act like this big, scary monster, but when you step forward towards it, it steps back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this interesting thing that, I, that I'm starting to notice about this, this process. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like the, the smaller steps that you're taking towards you know like like literally i i I don't always like to use like metaphors of like battling and fighting because it's always so like intense but like the moments you like choose to like confront that feeling and and deal with it like you're right you start to get a different vantage point the closer you get to this monster or this feeling like Mm -hmm. you start to see it for what it is and and yeah so i'm that's why i'm again it's like these these small small steps and um, you know, <clears throat> like it's going to get, it's, you're still going to feel it, you know, but then you're right. I think that when you look at the feeling for what it is, it, like I do that a lot. Like I, when I feel that feeling, I, I try to break it down into like different little pieces and I'm like, okay, like this imposter syndrome, sure. That's like the big word, but then you break it down and you see like, you know, insecurity, um, unfamiliarity, um, fear, just um and also you consider the other factors in your life going on like grief and other things that could have like really just reframed and restructured your entire life which is hard and when you look at all of these things as pieces you're kind of like okay well i've felt all these things before you know and i've dealt with all these things before so and now i have a plan of attack for each one of these things you know and um so yeah it does help to the kind of just like break it down and then take one step forward like yeah, so yeah. I, I do that too, and I'm glad and you're doing that. I think it's also understanding too with imposter syndrome. Uh, in in the summer, I'm gonna have one of these episodes with with a mentor of mine, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they're a, a teacher at a university. And mm-hmm. when I asked them to be on, they're like, "Yeah, here's some here's some information too about it if you haven't seen it." And I have to read up a ton on it because I'm not familiar with it as much. But apparently. Uh, something along the, along the lines when they mm. created the 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 people who created the the term imposter syndrome uh i think it was two women back in the 70s and and they put a paper out in 1978 they are beginning to change what they think imposter syndrome actually is and part of what she had sent me is this concept that imposter syndrome is uh mainly women and people of color that experience this kind of imposter syndrome because the society we live in is supposed to supposed to be like white male dominated and when people try to get in there there's a lot of swimming upstream because that that society's fighting against them to get there uh, i'm so glad you mentioned it and i didn't know if i was gonna like go into the Please. like by poc experience yeah. or at least my own individual but like that um and i feel like as a very young artist i confronted that problem and what that what experiencing that problem did for me like for instance like an example like as a literary artist i've been in rooms with like the the most like some of the most respected and celebrated authors and literary artists in Canada, you know? And so I'll be in a room with these people and then let's say like 90, 80, 90% of them are white um, and white men, right? Mm-hmm. And so in those environments and in those spaces, um, I would constantly feel that, right? Like this level of, I don't belong here. Um, my narrative 
is not the same. I speak different. I act different. I maneuver different. And definitely the microaggressions and 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 it was very real. That that mm-hmm. feeling in that in those rooms are very real. But what feeling that allowed me to feel like what allowed me to kind of like come to this conclusion that like well then fuck this place. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here. But also I needed to understand that like okay this shit is stuffy. There are people with expectations and old traditional like viewpoints that no longer need to be a thing and so literally by my existence in this space is somewhat like challenging that and so rather than to feel a level of i don't belong here i felt the level of no like see me here and and deal with that because i deserve to be here and um and and yeah and whatever challenges whatever discomfort that brings let them go through that i'm not going to change the way i am I'm not going to change the feeling. I'm. I deserve to be here. I want to be here. Let them deal with the discomfort of having someone who they think is not supposed to be here in that space. And so mm-hmm. I get how that feeling would come about. And I think, um, and also I just I remember like all the hard work. Like I I go back to thinking about how much I've sacrificed and struggled to be in these positions. And I think about that for a moment. I'm like. And all the people who've supported me in that struggle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are people that believe that I should be here. And I'm not going to let my inner voice or any external factors happening in that environment dictate whether or not I deserve. You know what I mean? Like, that's not. And so, yeah, no, like, I've worked so hard to get where I am and, and have, like, overcome so many obstacles, whether or not it's, like, the canon and, like, the the whiteness of literary mm-hmm. art or or anything else, like, I've had to maneuver and navigate those things for over a decade. So whatever spot I'm in, like, you cannot tell me I don't deserve this. Like, yeah. and that level of confidence, like, it really just comes from like, 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 you know, just constantly like pushing through that ceiling and realizing how much work and effort that took for me and, um, and remembering that. So when I sit in that place of celebration or recognition, I could, actually fully accept and feel that feeling because yeah. um you know like there's not many people like me in this environment uh and so yeah. and there should be more you know rather yeah. than being like oh we should all feel imposter syndrome or we should all feel less you know deserving of that on the uh, i think the opposite of that there needs to be more of us in this mm-hmm. place feeling this like feeling like we deserve it yeah. Um, and if you know what I mean, and if anything, yeah, so, and if anything, those, and if anything, some of those white writers who have made like millions of dollars writing about people like me, you know, like literally a lot of the books are about like, you know, like you're, you're talking about these struggles and these immigrant writer, you know, experiences and stuff mm. that are a lot of the time written by white writers. It's like maybe they should sometimes experience that rather than yeah. being so used to feeling like they deserve everything. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe yes. they need to be challenged in that feeling. So, anyway, that's. That that is a part of the definitely a part of the experience of imposter syndrome for me is like understanding that I've had to be in so many rooms where I've like literally structurally been made to not feel like I belong. And so and to see it for what that is. Like that is a structure built, not just my inner voice, not just me creating a problem in my head, but there's a problem outside that's in, influenced this feeling. And it gives you something to attack. It gives you something to criticize and be like, it's not just me. There's something there that yes. exists. And so, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I totally relate to that new piece of information. Man, I, I had this, this realization that hit me 
when when the uh, Black Lives Matter protests really started to come up. And mm. when I first started teaching, in my mind, I was like, I, I want to take on everything. I want to take on everything because I want to learn all aspects of everything and I want to get the best I possibly can at everything. Once that movement happened and it made me kind of have to think outside of myself, I started to realize, I'm like, there's certain artists that I'm working with. There's certain BIPOC people who are trying to do R&B or whatever else. And I'm, I'm working. Why am I working with these people? I, I'm, I'm punk rock. Like these people are trying to work on their artistry. I, I am not a person of color in this industry, in this, uh, in this genre. So that's when I started to look at myself and be like, it, it's not, it doesn't have to all be about you trying to be the best you possibly can. It's about the community trying to be the best it possibly can. So that's when I started taking those students and being like, you know what? Technique is my thing and you're doing well at that. I think it's time that you move to this next person and then send them to friends of, that would help support them and understand their struggle in this community. Um, yeah. I thought that was a very yeah. interesting, interesting moment. Uh, of yeah. And like, for, well, I mean, like to mention, like, you know, like Matt Dell, you're dope. And like, I'm, you know, like you're super thick and like anyone who comes to work with you, like you're, you know, they're, they're going to um, really get everything they need. And of course, I think thinking about being a good, like, um, you know, support and a good kind of like um, understanding the world that it is and trying to be your best ally. Sometimes like that word, sometimes I think it's a weird word. But um, I think either way, like what you're like, that's a great thing. Um, and um, like, I think everyone should do that. But I think you're right in terms of the community. Like, it's it's understanding that too. Like you, like a lot of us, um, like BIPOC artists have kind of like throughout our life been kind of like grouped in to this like kind of, um, yeah, this, 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 like we have to speak on behalf of, everyone else like us mm -hmm. because there's only one of us in the room and so i mean the empowering part of that is that we sometimes when we feel that feeling of not deserving or whatever we can reflect on our community that got us here you know and use that to remind us that like we deserve to be here because we're a community that have worked to create these new avenues for us to be in these places and so for us to celebrate that and not and do it and you know like really do it justice like really celebrate that and feel that feeling because that's what we've worked so hard for generations to feel yeah. you know so yeah. the fact that we've carved out this space for so long now that we're in that place let's try not to spend so much time in that place being like oh i shouldn't be here like no like there's generations of people that have worked so hard for you to be in this room right now so instead take it further push the ceiling farther and then bring more people behind you so mm -hmm. that you can fill that space with more people that deserve it and so um yeah 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 i i think i think that's that's a a fantastic way to think of it is understanding that the generations that have put through their hard work for you to be in that room instead of looking at it and being like oh these people are stuffy and intimidating maybe i shouldn't be here no i should be here and if they're going to be stuffing and intimidating that's their problem and how and how else are, what else are they going to feel challenged yeah. right is it when they go home and, and like drive their fancy car to their big home and what it's not, this is one opportunity you get to possibly change the framework of how they think and operate. And these are the people that also make decisions about how these rooms look 
how many chairs are in them, what kind of decor. And if the only way they're going to ever think differently is if they see that one person sitting there being like, this place is kind of stuffy, you know? <laughs> and then, and they're going to be like, oh, I've never noticed how stuffy this place was. And I, and I've, I've, you know, like, and that's that confidence that I have had coming from like, also like the hip hop and spoken word community and like, and, and working a lot with black artists because, you know, I, I do spoken word into black art mm -hmm. form. And so like, a lot, like a lot of my confidence comes from that. This idea of like, do not like, like say what's on your mind. Challenge those things because we've seen so many of these institutions and organizations change because mm. they had certain people like literally, you know, place themselves in those places and say, this could be open. This could be a little bit different. And so, yeah, yeah but it takes a lot of courage, right? It takes a lot of bravery to overcome that feeling, to have the confidence to to be like, no, I deserve to be here. Like, I, I, I want to recognize how much like confidence. That, the older I get, the younger I was, kind of like, no, fuck this. Like, I am the the greatest. You know, like I am the best. But like the Take older it you get, it, it, yeah, right. But the older you get, the harder it becomes to to feel that. And so that's when I say, like, draw from your community, but also remember where you came from. Remember all of the work it took you for you to get here, and kind of like let that dictate that feeling of whether or not you deserve something versus like, um, I don't know, the discomfort and the unfamiliarity of it all, you know? Yeah. And you have done that, you know, like, yes, spoken word artist, but the, the amount of things that you've done, like, if I remember correctly, uh, you've done a Ted talk, uh, you did a spoken word thing where like, it was brought up at a, like uh, a political debate. Like there's lots of things that you have done that, you deserve to be here can you oh, yeah. can you remember that first moment of that first like big thing that you hit where you mm. felt this for that like that you recognized it for the first time mm, like I, I i mean like i was i uh my whole career kind of started off with winning like a, a championship like a spoken word so they have this thing called the Poetry Slam and they're like national championships. And um, so like early on, like I was like 19 when I won this first champion and shit, like whatever uh, with, with spoken word. And then, you know, they started saying, oh, you're the youngest person to ever receive this championship. And I started getting a lot of this recognition. And I think at that moment, um, again, I was so young and I was so on fire for my art that I was just like, yes. Like I, I deserve this. Um, I want this. Um, and then there was another level where I started to like then break through and then start to get these bigger projects. Like you mentioned, the thing I did for CBC in the elections, uh, I think it was 2019 elections um, that, that, that came out. And I, I worked with the Raptors and I worked with a few other like really big projects. And then in those spaces, I started to feel that level of like, holy shit, like this is... I'm, this is a lot for me. Like, do I deserve to be here? Did I, whatever. And so I think, um, again, like at, in that moment, I just really tried to practice gratitude and like, and, and like sheer curiosity and, and, and excitement for mm -hmm. where I was at rather than like focusing so much on whether or not I deserved it. I was just like, thank you. Like I have worked so hard for this. Like, my immigrant parents were not cool with me becoming a full-time artist. And, um, and so there was a lot of like things I overcame 
to get to this moment. And I'm just so thankful for it, you know? And yeah. I tr really tried to rely on that and, and let that feeling kind of dictate how I maneuvered in that space, you know? Yeah. And, and um, so that's, that was it. I mean, again, there are so many moments in that process where you're like, holy shit, like, what am I doing? Do I deserve to be here? Mm -hmm. But then rather I tried to change that to shift that perspective and be like, I'm so thankful to be here. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That's it. Well, it's, it's that, the one thing I tell my students is that, because uh, they'll say all the time, do I do I deserve to be doing this show, this concert with somebody? Do I deserve to be doing this? Uh, uh, all this kind of stuff. Even one student had said to me, as they were starting to get better at singing, they didn't aspire to do anything except for their own thing. And they started to feel bad that they were getting better. And what I tell to all of my students is that if you are in a position of an opportunity, and you question whether you deserve it or not, if the opportunity presents itself, you deserve it. Because if you didn't, it simply would not be there for you. And, and one of the examples I, I gave in, in one of the other podcasts is like, I really like the Blue Jays. Um, there's no coach knocking on my door asking me to pitch the opening game. <laughs> like, because I don't deserve that opportunity. I haven't tried and I'm terrible at sports. But if I, if I did, and I worked hard and got lucky, of course, um, that opportunity could have presented itself. So if mm -hmm. you have it, it's simply because you deserve it. Because if you, if you didn't, it wouldn't be there. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And, and also, I know so many people, like artists that would like love to be in my position, mm -hmm. you know, that I've mentored and that I've worked with that would like love to have the opportunities I was given and they work just as hard, if not harder than me. And they're talented, probably even more talented than me. And they would love to be in this position. And for whatever reason, they still haven't been able to break through. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't want to do them dirty by being like, I don't deserve this when they're trying so hard to get to this point. And um instead i i'd rather focus on doing this feeling like i deserve it and then creating that 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 space that avenue for them to now break through yeah. and get to this point too like and that, and that's why so it's like um but again i'm i'm an, i'm i'm in i'm insecure shit so i'm going to keep saying that because like i still do feel those moments where i'm like no way this is not happening i do not know what to do in this moment i do i lack the tools I lack whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, but again, break down, like practice the gratitude, break down the feeling of what that is, and then address those insecurities and, and celebrate yourself. Like that's honestly like a huge, oh, yeah. huge thing. Like we're not, I'm not some famous person that's got like Grammys and Oscars <laughs> on my wall. Like, you know, so if that's the case, like celebrate yourself, learn how to do that, figure out what that feels like and what feels good. Like, I don't know, like post something on social media. And then when people are like amazing job, like look at those people and thank them. And, and, and those mm -hmm. are people that support you and believe in you and are celebrating you too. So like, whatever it is, like learn to celebrate yourself too, because sometimes the world's not going to give you that. And yeah, um, you need to do that to feel more confident. You know, it's so important. Uh, um, another thing I've said to students in the past is don't look at where you want to go. Look at where you come from in the sense of like, if you, you set your goals, have a goal, see it for sure. 
but it's always mm -hmm. going to be this mountain to climb, this infinite mountain to climb. It's once you take the second to kind of look back to see how far you've gone that you look at it and go like, oh, and I'll see this in students where day one, I'll ask them to sing something and they'll do it and they struggle and whatever else. And they're like, I picked the wrong song, it's too hard. This is a very normal thing. Then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. a year later, I'm like, remember that song you sang on the first day? Like, try it now. And all of a sudden, they're like smashing it. And they're like, this, there's no way. I, it must be the wrong key. It must be something's wrong. No, it's you're better. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I, I, exactly, right? Like, in my early 20s, I legitimately paid rent with poetry. Remember that. Remember what that looked like. Remember that feeling. Remember how hard it was. And then you can look back and be like, I, I remember what I couldn't, you know, like afford groceries for a few weeks because I was, you know, like did not have that much money. Like, go, go back, remember that and then look at yourself now and then be like, holy shit. Like, okay, whatever is to come, I could do that shit. Cause that was in my early twenties, literally tr like trying to get groceries. And I, I, I survived that. So whatever the fuck else is coming this direction, like I, I could do it, you know, yeah. because I've proved to myself constantly so and and you mentioned that thing earlier the idea of proving you know and i think i think you know proving to yourself that you can do it like that's 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 the conversation i feel like more important than everybody else and the world and whatever it's like proving to yourself and i think proving to yourself has less to do about like having to search for whatever and like do something different but rather just using your path as evidence mm -hmm. you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't be here without all of those things you've done. And so remember that, tap into that feeling, celebrate that work. And hopefully that provides you the motivation to continue on these yeah. other new challenges, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you, you definitely need to be able to, I think that uh, um, one of the common things that I've seen from people on the few episodes I've done so far is their narrative shift from looking uh, um, outwardly at other people to give them validation and trying to look more internally on their own validation because mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's like gambling when you try to look outward like I become addicted to it for sure mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it, there has to be there has to be a balance you can definitely have the one but there needs to be a balance on the other to appreciate the one absolutely absolutely like I think yeah Taking community support is not a bad thing at all, but I think you're right. The more you can internally understand the balance of being able to encourage yourself and also get that, you know, same feeling from other people, like that's just going to, that's, that's the key right there. Yeah. You know, I, you can't, it can't be one or the other. And, you know, as artists, our job is partly to have this reciprocal energy between people who consume our art and people who give it like there is an exchange right mm -hmm. and so I, I i am recognizing that like you do still a need a level of like oh that shit was dope for you to like okay all right you know I, I get that but again being able to like internally tell yourself your shit is dope is just as important um <laughs> to continue on rather than just expecting that from other people but um and and I'm, you know, I'm good at that on the good days, on the good days, I can look at what I've made and be like, this shit, it's awesome. And no one can tell me otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. And on the bad days, when I do feel like I'm having a harder time generating that is when the process comes into play is when you like have to, all right, imposter syndrome, feeling of um, undeserving or insecurities or fear of failure. Okay. Let's, let's, let's start to like, you know, let's, let's put, you know, PDBs 
mm-hmm. process of dealing with those feelings into play through all these level of things, all these steps to make to feel better. And that's it. I think the more, yeah. and I think every artist has to do that. They have yeah. to, they have to have their own process or else they're not going to survive in this, you know? When I had this idea in my head, there was a few names I wrote down of like the, the first people I wanted on this and you were one of the tops in that list. I'm like, I need to have Patrick on here. I need to have oh, it my God. because just like, your your words are inspirational your thoughts are inspirational and just your aura and you as a whole it is inspirational we work together we're uh, you know I, i'm your vocal coach for a little while but i can't tell you how many times in our conversation that i just felt inspired just being around you and uh i i think i think your your voice is a voice that that needs to be uh illuminated illuminated more um Everybody needs their daily dose. <laughs> thank you. No, and thank you. Um, and no, I think I, I appreciate that. And, and it's really great for me to hear that. And I think just as you mentioned, like I've gone through so much shit the past two years that mm. um, I have been on this journey of trying to like what you said, like take that feeling and understand that value of my voice or, and that I've created over the course of my career and really tap back into it and, um so and it's and it's opportunities like this but also people like you that are like so necessary for that feeling you know to surround and i think that's another thing that i would i learned a lot is like really surrounding myself with people who do believe in that um, in my art in that way who can be honest with me and be like patrick i know like it's hard and and um i know that you have all these like moments of doubt and your inner voice is really loud but Mm -hmm please try your best to listen to those kind of like people around you. And that's why I hope for you and, and for anyone else who feels that, that they have a, a support system, like a, or that, that could remind them when their inner voice is too loud. I think that's yeah. um, super valuable if whenever you can find that. So and I think that's, and, that's what I'm yeah. hoping to surround myself around with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and you will on these conversations, you can watch back and be like, okay, uh, I'm not like, I'm not crazy. Like, you know, yeah. like here's, a list of people all like like you know hyping me up and making me feel like i deserve this because they're and they're not lying why are they gonna lie i could have just said no to doing yeah. this you know and not have done this but like i i did this and you know like and you know waking up like you know like fully waking up before 1 p.m like is not, not always the easiest for me but i was sure. like 12 30 let's do this yeah. because i because i need to be in this room with matt so i can t- <laughs> so i can tell him how fucking dope he is and 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 also he could tell me how dope i am too and i think that mm. exchange is like super necessary so i hope you continue to do it with all the artists and um, i'm excited to see what comes out of it too well i appreciate you being here i appreciate you taking the time Thank you for having uh, Matt. This is this is fantastic, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope we we talk some more. Oh, uh, one thing left: if you want to mention any projects you have coming up, like oh, yeah. you've got documents do- or documentaries, anything coming? You have anything coming? Yeah, I got three documentaries in post production right now. Um, one coming out soon is uh, "Tell Me a Story About Someone You Miss," and I've got another one about a really cool Filipino chef. Um, that's coming out. And then my biggest doc is a feature length documentary about my little brother called Last Note that you were interviewed for. Um, it is really close. And um, I've been working on it for like two and a half years now. 
and it's been like I've put my heart and soul into this and so uh, hopefully it'll be out this year and whoever is listening to this I hope you could look me up and and find it because it's going to be really really great where will they find it do you have um any idea well of that yet? it's gonna it's probably gonna go through the festival circuit cool. for, yeah, yeah. for I'm, what is what I'm hoping um it does but um so yeah so look out for I think my social media I'll be the first to kind of like announce wherever it's going to be able to be viewed but mm. maybe one day like a you know like a great big public screening official opening Love theater it. you know like merch lineup you know photos red yeah. carpet type situation <laughs> i would love to do that so um i think eventually... if anybody deserves it you I think oh, if anybody deserves thank it, you it's you yeah, and I won't be humble. I deserve it. No, no, <laughs> no one bosses Smash two champagne my... bottles together and just yeah. drink them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we oh, and we God. deserve that. Mm-hmm.